Good morning. Good morning. I'm Susan, and I'm glad you're here today. After I read this morning's text, I will be saying, this is the word of God. Then we're all going to respond together, thanks be to God. Okay. This morning I'm going to read Psalm 7. Hear the word of God. Lord my God, I seek refuge in you. Save me from all my pursuers and rescue me, or they will tear me like a lion, ripping me apart with no one to rescue me. Lord my God, if I have done this, if there is injustice on my hands, if I have done harm to one at peace with me or have plundered my adversary without cause, may an enemy pursue me and overtake me. May he trample me to the ground and leave my honor in the dust. Rise up, Lord, in your anger. Lift yourself up against the fury of my adversaries. Awake for me. You have ordained a judgment. Let the assembly of peoples gather around you. Take your seat on high over it. The Lord judges the peoples. Vindicate me, Lord, according to my righteousness and my integrity. Let the evil of the wicked come to an end, but establish the righteousness. The one who examines the thoughts and emotions is a righteous God. My shield is with God, who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge and a God who shows his wrath every day. If anyone does not repent, he will sharpen his sword. He has strung his bow and made it ready. He has prepared his deadly weapons. He tips his arrows with fire. See, the wicked one is pregnant with evil, conceives trouble, and gives birth to deceit. He dug a pit and hollowed it out, but fell into the hole he had made. His trouble comes back on his own head. His own violence comes down on top of his head. I will thank the Lord for his righteousness. I will sing about the name of the Lord Most High. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for Matthew, our pastor, um, who will proclaim your word to us. Give him words and wisdom, clarity and discernment as he gives his word to us. And would you open our minds and our hearts, give us understanding, help us to see you in new ways and to know you better, um, to know you a little bit more. Father, would you help move us one step closer to you? And would our hearts be overflowing um, with joy in who you are in your goodness to us? And your faithfulness to us. Thank you so much for loving us first. Um, thank you, Lord, for each one who is here. And I pray these things in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you, sweetie. And maybe you're a guest and you're wondering why I just called the Bible reader sweetie. Because she's my wife. <laughs> that just kind of hit my head. <laughs> Why'd he call her sweetie? <laughs> the actual first part of this text is found in verse zero, if you will. A shigion, or lament, of David 
which he sang to Yahweh concerning the words of Cush, a Benjaminite. I enjoy all kinds of music. I enjoy some more than others, but I enjoy all kinds of music, from from classical all the way to heavy metal at times. And one of the things I love about music is to hear the story behind why a particular song is written. One of my favorite things is to watch, like there's, it's pretty common these days, you'll see a, a concert, you can stream a concert online, and the artist, especially if they're a singer-songwriter type, they'll sing a song, and then they'll like describe, they'll like set up the next song, and they'll tell you the story behind that song, and then they'll sing that song for you. And it, it, it gives such a richness to it, you understand so much more the lyrics that they're singing and what they're trying to express and maybe just kind of get off their chest in the words. That's what this little superscription is all about. Many times these really brief statements in the Psalms point us to another place in the Bible to remind us of a story that's behind why this song has been written. That's not the case with this Psalm. We don't know who Cush is. We don't know the particular situation or circumstance. But that's okay because I think David gives us enough in this little superscription. He shares that the birthplace of this song he's singing to Yahweh is born out of the remarkably ordinary but not inconsequential and actually lamentable situation where some dude named Cush is trashing his name. Yahweh, my God, verse 1. I seek refuge in you. Save me from all my pursuers and rescue me, or they will tear me like a lion, ripping me apart with no one to rescue me. The first two words in this song are the most important words in this song. Yahweh. It's not just a word. It's a name. It's his name, the name of the triune God. And the name of Yahweh is the revelation of the glory of God in his acts of creation and redemption and in the revelation of his person. It's actually the reason why I say Yahweh every time you see Lord in all caps in the Bible because I want you to hear his name. I don't want it masked by this Thing that kind of happened in the scripture to protect the holy name of God with this all cap Lord that was added. I want you to hear his name because his name is vital and important. The powerful thing about a name is that over time there is so much that get, gets bound up in it. So much of, of what we know about someone, right, gets attached to a name. And this is more true of God than anyone else. And the scriptures are absolutely filled with the importance of knowing his name as the pathway to knowing and being reminded of who he is. The reason that we go to the scriptures and, and we, plumb, we plumb its pages for the characteristics of our God is because we don't serve some vague entity. Right? I want you guys to know when you hear the name of Yahweh, I want you to be able to see him in front of you. I want you to be able to understand who he is, to be able to relate to him and fall on your knees and worship of him because of the power of his name. 
Not that it's just some vague idea out there. You see, God's children love and rejoice in the name, Psalm 511. But let all who take refuge in you, Yahweh, rejoice. Let them shout for joy forever. May you shelter them and may those who love your name boast about you. For you, Yahweh, bless the righteous one. You surround him with favor like a shield. His name is that of the creator, redeemer, king, Yahweh, our supreme sovereign and ruler. How magnificent is your name throughout the earth. You have covered the heavens with your majesty. When God revealed his name to Israel, he did so to clarify that he was not some tribal deity, but the king of all that is, revealing that the whole earth is mine. God's name, Yahweh, is reliable. And he promises that all who seek him and call on his name will be saved. Yahweh is a refuge for the persecuted, a refuge in times of trouble. Those who know your name, trust in you because you have not abandoned those who seek you, Yahweh. The name guarantees his blessing, benefits flowing from God's relationship to his people. He who comes in the name of Yahweh is blessed. From the house of Yahweh, we bless you. The name guarantees Yahweh's protection, which extends to all the members of God's family. May Yahweh answer you in a day of trouble. May the name of Jacob's God protect you. Some trust in chariots, and some trust in horses, and some trust in money, and some trust in their career, and some trust in their network, and some trust in their reputation, and some trust in people that they know, and some trust in their stuff, and some trust in their residence, but we trust in the name of Yahweh our God. He guides us, Psalm 31, 3. He refreshes, restores, and supplies all we need, Psalm 23, 3. He forgives our sins, 25, 11. He has compassion on us, 119, 132. He delivers us from adversity and preserves our lives, all of it tied to his name. And worship of his name, Yahweh, consists of the remembrance of all of that. Praise be to his glorious name forever and ever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. And all God's people said, amen and amen. And what will display the full and total establishment of God's kingdom on earth? When every tribe and nation and ethnicity and people group praise the name of Yahweh. All the nations you have made will come and bow down before you, Yahweh, and will honor your name. For you are great and you perform wonders. You alone are God. His name is Yahweh. And David knew his name. And all that his name meant about who he was singing to. And David knew something else about this God of his. He also knew one of his titles, El Elyon, God Most High. As king of all Israel, along with all of Israel, David recognizes that Yahweh alone is El Elyon, God of all gods. 
Psalm 97. For you, Yahweh, are El Elyon, the most high over all the earth. You are exalted above all the gods. He protects the lives of his faithful one. He rescues them from the power of the wicked. Light dawns for the righteous. Gladness for the upright in heart. Be glad in Yahweh, you his righteous one, and give thanks to his holy name. D- do you see? He is Yahweh El Elyon, and there is no other Elyon than Yahweh. And so they proclaim, may they know that you alone, whose name is Yahweh, are El Elyon, the most high over the whole earth. That's your job. You praise him and you make him known. Declare El Elyon is the only God. And as El Elyon... He is our rock and redeemer, Psalm 78, 35. He is the only one worthy of our sacrifices and vows, Psalm 50, 14. He is the only one worthy of worship and praise, 92, 1. All because he is the only one who hears and answers our prayers, Psalm 57, 2. He is the only one who acts, our, whose acts are from of old, Psalm 77, 10. Who records our names for a glorious future, Psalm 87, 5. Who will establish us and provide the protection that we need to arrive safely in him. He who dwells in the shelter of El El Yon will rest in the shadow of El Shaddai. This is so helpful, so instructive. David, in the midst of this lamentable situation with this dude tearing apart his reputation, you see, David speaks the two most important words as the first words. Because they open, they open a doorway to confidence and hope. There's strength in concentrate. He says them, and all of these thoughts and realities explode in his mind of who Yahweh El Yelyan is. You see, that's what I think he wants for us. That's what he's modeling for us. That's what I want for me. And it's what I so badly want for you, that when you hear the name of Yahweh, There's this vivid display that happens in your mind of who he is. When you hear, my God, El Elyon, all of these scriptures like scroll across the screen of your mind. You see, this is why it's so important. One of the most fundamental things that we do as believers and followers in Jesus is read this book and talk to God. Sometimes I, I wonder why we wonder about why we're so afraid. And it's because we forget who he is at times. And that's why David starts where he starts. He declares, he, Martin Lloyd-Jones, I, I read years ago, I love this. He said, you got to preach to yourself. You, you, you can't wait for Sunday morning for Molesky to holler at you. You, you got to preach to yourself. You have to say, wait a second, he is Yahweh El Elyon. So that when you are, have you ever been like really afraid? You ever like, like maybe I was thinking about this this week, like I, I like scary movies. I, I like 
like through, I don't like the really gory ones, like the, the really like nasty horror movies, but I like scary movies. I like thriller movies. I, I can remember watching a number of them probably when I was way too young. I shouldn't have been watching them. Do you, do you remember ever watching a scary movie and then maybe it's even that night or maybe it's some, it's some time down the road and, and maybe you're like walking home alone at night and it's really dark or, or you're going to the parking lot to get to your car and, and like that whatever that scary creature or situation like pops up into your mind and your heart starts beating a little bit, right? And you're thinking like, I got to find my, where are my keys? I got to get into the car. I got to get, I got to get home. Okay, I'm going to get home. And I'm like, okay. Oh, okay. I'm safe. I made it. I'm safe. Oh, wow. Wow. That was a close one. I almost didn't make it. But if it's just like your heart is just pounding out of your chest, or maybe it was like when you were a kid. Remember when you were a really little kid? Or, or think of this as like parents, right? Like we all know this as parents. Like you're hanging out at some party or something or you're at the park and your kids, remember when they were really small, like about up to your knee and they're just kind of playing and they're minding their own business and they get a little bit far away, like a little bit too far off and they kind of realize like I'm out of the mom zone. I'm out of the dad zone and they, and you can see on their face, like all of a sudden, like they're really afraid and they come running back and they just like grip your arm. They're like right around your legs and they're just holding on for all they can. They just look up like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm safe now. I'm with dad. I'm okay. Right? Do you remember that? Anybody? That's what David is doing. That's what David's doing. David is Run to Yahweh El Elyon because he is his refuge. He is his shelter. He's his safety. Uh, Maybe you're like me and there's been so many times in prayer where I find myself down on my knees on the ottoman and all of a sudden I've just like subconsciously I'm squeezing the ottoman because I'm just trying to hold on to him for all my might, just like squeeze it. I want to be safe in you, El Elyon, Yahweh. And for David, he wants that safety in the midst of someone trying to tear apart his reputation. And then David makes an argument to Yahweh El Elyon for why he should be protected and harbored. David proclaims, I believe, his innocence in the matter, and he does so strongly. Look at Yahweh El Elyon. If I have done this, if there is injustice on my hands, if I have done harm to one at peace with me or have plundered my adversary without cause, well, then, then, May an enemy pursue and overtake me. May he trample me to the ground. May he leave my honor in the dust. You see, I think that David understands that Yahweh El Elyon sees everything. He knows all about everything and everyone. His gaze is penetrating and he knows us truly and fully. Hebrews 4.13 No creature is hidden from him, but all things are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. That's what David is doing here. He's giving an account. And while he knows that he's generally imperfect and flawed, he's confident that in this bit of trouble, he's innocent. And so he comes to Yahweh El Elyon, God. (laughs) He comes to God and he says boldly, Look, God, 
If I've done any wrong in this to either close friend or foe for no reason, like is being claimed of me, well then, let loose, God. Open up both barrels on me. May Cush not only pursue me, but overtake me. Not only overtake me, but trample me to the ground like a runaway herd of cattle. Not only trample me, but may he grind my honor and reputation into the dust. I mean, go ahead, God. End me if I'm guilty. But David knows he's not. It's not true of him, what's being claimed. Therefore, he can approach the throne of grace with boldness so that he might receive mercy and find grace to help him in the time of his need, Hebrews 4.16. And so he approaches boldly. Rise up, Yahweh, in your anger. Lift yourself up against the fury of my adversaries. Awake for me, for you have ordained a, ju a judgment or justice. Family, does Yahweh lie down? Does, does Yahweh El Elyon need a rest? Does, does he go to sleep? No, we know from Psalm 121.4 that he never sleeps nor slumbers. So David is not trying to rouse a drowsy deity, but is rousing a just judge, one who ordains and declares judgments. In other words, who creates and declares and dispenses justice. David knows that this is a judge who sets things right in accordance with his name. And he knows what his name means, which is why David says Yahweh should rise up in his anger because what is going on here does not line up with who God is and the way that he rules. So David asks for justice and he calls not only the judge, look at this, he calls witnesses. Let the assembly of the peoples gather around you as you take your seat on high over it Yahweh, who judges the peoples, and vindicate me, Yahweh, according to my righteousness and my integrity. See, David is not afraid. David wants this. He wants his day in court. He is confident that he's going to be vindicated and declared right before all on the basis of his righteousness and integrity in this matter. He is innocent, and he wants everybody to know it. And then, in an act of humility, David is aware that his situation is merely an indicator of a far larger problem. You see, David's beatdown is indicative of a more pervasive brokenness running like a seam throughout the world and running through all of those living in it. You see, he, I think he looks up and, and he's reminded that he's not beleaguered alone. And that we all need to turn to Yahweh El Elyon. And so his prayer song turns to plead for the suffering of God's people as a whole. Verse nine. Let the evil of the wicked come to an end, but establish the righteous. Righteous. 
Oh, friends, may, may it be the same for us. May our suffering at the hands of the wicked, may the difficulty of our struggles with evil in this world cause us to run to Yahweh El Elyon, but not merely for ourselves, but for others. Hebrews 13.3, regard prisoners as if you were in prison with them. Now listen to this. Look on victims of abuse as if what happened to them has happened to you. This is what it means to be a part of the family of God. This is what it means to be a part, a member of one body. This is what it means to be made in his image and aware of others who are made in his image in the same way. You see, we are like our father, therefore, right? If we're made in his image, we are like our father and, and he is the justice keeper. And, and so looking like him and, and loving what he loves and acting like he acts for the sake of his name, we seek justice. Not only for ourselves, but we seek justice for others. We pray for this and we act on this and we do so in the name and with the help of Yahweh El Elyon. Verse nine. He is the one who examines the thoughts and emotions. A righteous God. My shield is with God who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge and a God listen to this, who shows his wrath every day. Huh. A God of wrath showing his wrath every single day. You know, a God like that is likely not popular or in line with the sensibilities of our culture at large. Most people want to hear that God is love. God is grace. We want to hear God is a God of love who shows his love every day. God is a God of grace who shows his grace every day. David is telling us that God is a God of wrath who shows his wrath every single day, which could feel jarring. Like, I don't want to think about God like that. But if you don't think about God like that, do you know what you do? You rob the oppressed and the suffering of their hope. You see, Yahweh El Elyon is a righteous God and he will act in accordance with that righteousness. He examines thoughts and emotions which allows him to know the wicked bad dudes from the upright good dudes. And he's that Old Testament kind of judge. You know the ones, right? You've probably read the stories. They not only declared judgments, but they acted them out. And this God, Yahweh El Elyon, will show his wrath and mete out punishment, and he is doing it every single day. And that brings hope for the wronged and the suffering people of this world because they're thinking, maybe my case is up next. Maybe in the courtroom of this God, this Yahweh El Elyon, I'm finally going to be recognized and justice is going to come. And if anyone does not repent, verse 12, 
He will sharpen his sword. He has strung his bow and made it ready. He has prepared his deadly weapons. He tips his arrows with fire. What is David saying? Bad guys have a chance. They can stop being bad. And they could turn to Yahweh El Elyon in repentance. But if they don't, well, the first thing to note is that David is fully confident in the eventual justice of God. In the eventual justice of God. It may not be according to David's timeline. But hey, this is God most high. He is perfect in his wisdom and without error in any of his ways. And when he decides the time is right, the hammer will fall. My son, I know you all know this, one of my sons is a Marine. His name is Ezra. He just graduated from TESOL because two weeks of intensive training, he, he sent us a picture of his certificate showing his graduation, graduated with flying colors. And then, and then he sent us a picture later of the back of the certificate and it showed like everything that he had been trained in as a, as a soldier. Some of the things, I thought this was pretty crazy. Engaging enemies with a grenade launcher. Engaging targets with a fragmentation grenade. Employing anti-personnel, which, right, that's anti-human. <laughs> Employing anti-human Claymore mines. Employing pyrotechnics, which all the boys are like, yeah. <laughs> Able to call in heavy fire on a position. In other words, to bring about absolute mayhem resulting in the complete destruction of an enemy. Oorah! Right? Well, what David is telling us is that Yahweh El Elyon is familiar and better than any Marine. He will sharpen his sword. He will string his bow. He will prepare his deadly weapons and he will tip his arrows with fire. He will bring justice. You know, there's another song like this in the Bible. We find it in Deuteronomy chapter 32. It, it Maybe you'll remember the, the context of Deuteronomy 32. It's, it's right after Israel has come out of Egypt. And, and this God, right, is like he's rained down these plagues on the Egyptians. And then, and then it goes into the Red Sea. And, and like the Red Sea comes over the, the Egyptians. Right? He just absolutely destroys and wipes out the foes. And then do you know what God says? And, and I always thought, like... I don't know that I've ever seen Deuteronomy 19 or 2019 before. He, I always thought, you know, Moses sings this song of like the victory of God. And way back there, there's this little sentence and he says, Moses, I want you to write these words down. I was like, okay, I mean, I know all the Bible is inspired, but you specifically looked at Moses and said, I got a song that I want you to riff and here's the lyrics. And here they are. Is it not stored up with me, sealed up in my vault? What? Vengeance. Vengeance belongs to me, and I will repay. In time, their foot, your enemy, will slip, for the day of their disaster is near, and their doom is coming quickly. Yahweh will indeed vindicate his people and have compassion. You hear that? You hear this? I think David... I think he's riffing a bit on 32 in, seven, in Psalm 7. 
Yahweh will indeed vindicate his people and have compassion on his servant when he sees that their strength is gone and no one is left slave or free. He will say, where are their gods? Where's the rock that they found refuge in? Who ate the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their drink offerings? Let them rise up and help you. Let it be a shelter for you in face of me. See now that I alone am he. There is no El Elyon but me. I bring death and I give life. I wound and I heal. And no one can rescue anyone from my power. I raise my hand to heaven and declare as surely as I live forever. When I sharpen my flashing sword and my hand takes hold of justice, I will take vengeance on my adversaries and repay those who hate me. I will make my arrows drunk with blood while my sword devours flesh the blood of the slain and the captives the heads of the enemy leaders rejoice you nations concerning his people for he will avenge the blood of his servants he will take vengeance on his adversaries he will purify his land and his people behold Our God, seated on his throne, come let us adore him. Behold, our King, nothing can compare, nothing can, come let us adore him. And he shall reign forever. And let his glory be in all the earth for his justice. Let us adore him for his justice. And then David reflects. And he shows us that this is a process. (laughs) It may not always play out the exact way that we would like or at the speed that we would like. The justice may not be as direct always as you just heard from Moses' song. Wickedness may take some time to develop and show itself. It has a gestation period. Verse 14, see, the wicked one is pregnant with evil. He conceives trouble. He gives birth to deceit. I I love how Jim Hamilton describes this. David graphically describes the process whereby the wicked, they dally with evil. They are inseminated by it. They gestate the iniquity. Have you ever seen someone nursing? We say it, nursing a grudge, right? It's gestating, growing, getting bigger and bigger until it comes to the point where they labor to give birth to the child of their sinful imaginations in the form of deceit. They give birth to a monster, often one that they cannot control. Makes me think of Victor Frankenstein who gave birth to a monster that led to his eventual death. And and Yahweh El Elyon in a similar way brings the monsters back on the heads of the wicked. Verse 15. It's it's a little bit comical almost if you think about it. He he dug a pit. He hollowed it out. He's already like he's going to trap someone and then he falls into his own hole. His trouble comes back on his own head. His own violence comes down on the top of his head. 
These are no accidents. They are the inescapable results of a righteous God ensuring justice is meted out. The wicked are destroyed at times felled by El Elyon's arrows and cut down by Yahweh's sword. Sometimes that happens in this life. Sometimes we see justice meted out. But sometimes that justice, you know, that justice won't happen until the life that's going to happen after death. That's what's so hard, isn't it? It's hard to wait for justice. It's not always easy to put off our great hope of justice and vengeance. Our deep desire is that things be made right, that they be set right, that they be set straight. Now, God, do this now. Vindicate our cause. Cast down the wicked. But family, you know, our hope has to be in the whole story of the Bible. The whole story of the Bible from beginning to end that Yahweh El Elyon, and it is my hope and prayer, worship team, would you come up? It it is my hope and prayer that you, you will have seen a taste of just some of the scriptures to, to portray this, this Yahweh El Elyon, this great and mighty God who has created a good world, a good world that had, had no seam of, of brokenness or injustice running through it, right? That, that it was only because, it was only because of the fall of man and the sinfulness of sin that entered in through his one act of disobedience there in the Garden of Eden, that injustice and evil came into the world, and that because of it, as James teaches us, each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire, and then after that desire has conceived, it it gives birth to sin, and when sin is fully grown, what can the only result be but death? And so Yahweh, in great love and compassion, he gives humanity a chance to repent and escape his just wrath by taking refuge in the Son that he sent on our behalf. And in the life and death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus, the people of God have tremendous assurance that at the last day, when all of the wicked are separated out to receive his justice, all of the righteous will be separated out to receive his grace and to enter into what? A new creation. (laughs) Where the kingdom of the world is now the kingdom of our God and his Messiah. And he will rule forever and ever. And the 24 elders seated before God on their thrones fell to their knees and worshiped. And what did they do? They sang. We thank you, O God, sovereign, strong, who is and who was. You took your great power and took over. You reigned. And the angry nations now get a taste of your anger. The time has come to judge the dead, to reward your servants, all prophets and saints. Reward small and great who fear your name. It's time for you to destroy the destroyers of the earth. You see, this is what the people of Yahweh El Elyon do, right? When they see his righteousness, 
when they trust in his justice, they are confident that he will show his wrath and he will secure our safety and remain our refuge. This is what we do. We sing. That's what he says in Psalm 717. I will thank Yahweh for his righteousness. I will sing about the name of Yahweh El Elyon. Stand. <laughs> 